Welcome, Husky fans. Welcome back to Fourth and Inches, a Husky podcast. I'm Trevor. And today we are going to be previewing the Pac-12 North. We've ranked our teams from uh, number one to number six. Uh, we talked before the show, and we act, uh, both of our, our lists are the same. So we're going to go over them together. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the teams, how we think we'll finish, they'll finish in conference, uh, and then some uh, impact players on both sides of the ball. Um, so let's get into it. Jake, what is our number six team in the No North? surprise, um, Oregon State. Uh, if you look at it, oh. uh, they're the worst of the entire Pac-12, uh, and it's not even close. Uh, they're by far the worst team. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, last year was a total disaster. They had a uh, they squeaked out a win against Portland State, and then their coach decided that that was enough, and he was out of there. Um, I couldn't imagine uh, what that would be like as a player, that uh, especially if you were recruited by uh, Anderson, to have him just leave right in the middle of the year. Um, they did uh, almost beat Stanford. Uh, after that, it was uh, it was tough. New coach, uh, former OC at UW, Jonathan Smith. Um, I think a lot of Husky fans uh, like to complain about uh, the way his offense was set up. And I think, I don't know what you feel about him, but I feel that the offensive coordinator is always the one that probably gets the most heat on any staff. Yeah, I feel there was a consensus between everybody. Um, He was a little bit predictable. He didn't stray too far from the plan ever. And you knew what he was doing. He, you know, he's kind of bland, but he's consistent. And you know what you're going to get with him. And he's going to give you your best plays with your best players. And he's going to get the ball in his best, best player's hands always, um, which is not a bad thing. It's a little tough with Oregon State because they don't have a whole lot of talent surrounding them. Right. And I think that. He did a really good job with a freshman, Jake Brown, and going into Boise State, the, you know, the year, uh, his first start ever as a true freshman. I thought he did a good job of bringing him along. And, you know, I, people say that Jake Browning's a really smart quarterback, and I, I agree with that. Um, but I also think that you have to give Jonathan Smith some credit for some of the success that we've seen Jake Browning have. Absolutely. That being said, I'm not sad he's leaving. I, I'm I'm really excited about what Bush Hamden brings to the to Absolutely. The it's kind of like, for me, when Sarkeesian left, and we were all upset that he left, and then we get an upgrade. I feel that way about Bush coming in after Smith left. That's funny. I was going to disagree with you because I thought that, you know, Sarkeesian was probably hit his – ceiling going about seven wins but when you said like the upgrade and and you know that i totally agree with that okay so oregon state they bring back jake luton for his senior year he uh he was granted a medical no medical redshirt yep uh got his back broken last year he's six foot seven 234 pounds uh he played uw at idaho and uh, you remember they almost scored on that first drive, and I think it was the area that knocked the ball out um, at the goal mm-hmm. line. I think I think um, he's a good quarterback. I really do. I don't think he's surrounded with very much talent. 
Yeah, so they have uh, – it looks like their starting running back is going to be a guy named Artavis Pierce. He's 5'11", 201 pounds, 323 yards on the ground last year. So, uh, obviously, they re- lose Ryan Nall, who um, did a lot of really good things for him, but he also lost the Stanford game. So They bring back Jimmy Hernandez, is, wide receiver. Uh, wide receiver, yeah. Uh, from what it looked like, they – they're young at the at the receiver positions. Yeah, I'm wondering if they every year for the last, even when they were bad, they've been producing decent wide receivers. I don't know if that continues. I don't know enough about them. Uh, however, their offensive line is experienced and should be okay. Then they have a Noah Togi, uh, their their tight end, who's a junior. Um, he had 565 recept, uh, receiving yards with four touchdowns. That's your offense. Jake Luton and, and Noah Togia, I think, are going to be the guys that you're going to have to really focus in on. Yeah, uh, our, our corner depth is going to handle that offense. I wouldn't be surprised if we had four interceptions that game, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're going to struggle. They're going to be behind. I don't expect UW to start slow like they did last year and only score one touchdown in the first half. In reality, any given Saturday, a team can win, but I – it would be really hard for me to see a scenario that Oregon State walks into Husky Stadium and wins. No, no, no. So their defensive numbers are are bad. 2016, Good. they um, they allowed 30 and a half points a game. That jumped up to 43 last year. Yeah, they do bring uh, two linebackers back from last year that are both <laughs> good linebackers. With and they're, so their free safety and strong safeties led their teams in tackles last year with 72 apiece. They gashed in the air the entire time. Exactly. Yeah, that's your last line of defense. Yeah. That's when free safety and strong safety are your leading tacklers, that means there's there's problems. Yes. Um, they they lose Manus uh, Hungaloo. Uh, he led the <laughs> team last year in tackles, pass breakups, and picks. So that's yeah. a huge loss. Yeah. I don't foresee them getting any better. Uh, I, I do foresee them getting better. I don't think it's going to translate into wins this year. I have them most likely going 0-6 in league. Yeah, and I don't – do you have their schedule in front of you? I do. So, they're, I would say they're – the Civil War is, I think, always kind of a toss-up. I mean – that year, Mariota, uh, Oregon only beat Oregon State by a touchdown. That year, it's at home, so that could be that could be an interesting game. They go at Colorado, that could be a win. Uh, and then they have Washington State at home. I think those three games are the games that they they have a shot to win in league. I think overall they'll win. They'll probably win two games. They'll probably beat Southern Utah and Nevada. But don't be surprised if Nevada beats them. Nevada was a good team last year. They were a bowl team. Oregon State was not. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if Nevada handed it to Oregon State. I think their best chance at a conference win this year is at Washington State because of the question marks that they have at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, and we will move right into those Cougs. I have the Cougs. We have the Cougs as our number five team in the North. 
Mike Leach has been there. This is his seventh year. Over the last three years, they have one of the better winning percentages in the Pac-12. Uh, his main issue is, is he can't beat Washington. And he never will. Yeah, that air raid style it, does not work. Uh, it doesn't translate against us. No. Especially when we keep bringing corners in that are lockdown right. corners and can play the ball just as good as their wide receivers can. If Wazoo was pulling NFL talent receivers, then maybe. But the fact that they're trying to beat us with two and possibly three-star recruit receivers, our corners are just as good of receivers as they are. So when their quarterback, whoever it may be, tries to throw them the ball, it's a toss-up. And that's not that does not bode well for an air raid team. Right. We're not going to focus too much on the tragedy with with Tyler Herlinski. It's it's a terrible, terrible situation. And I, you know, I was just uh, going to say it. It still makes me uncomfortable talking about their quarterback situation because because of what happened. It is tragic. They have more problems than just the quarterback position. Right. You feel for everybody involved. Um, it goes way beyond sports. That's just. It's a terrible situation. That being said, they have a uh, transfer uh, from Eastern Carolina. Uh, Gardner Minshew played 10 games last year, uh, 57% completion percentage, uh, 2,100 and a half yards, uh, 16 touchdowns and seven picks. Eastern Carolina is in the, in the group of five conference. So, you know, it's definitely a, a different level that he's going to be going to. But, you know, if he ends up popping, they could move up quickly. Absolutely. If, if they find solid quarterback play this year, they could easily jump Cal and Oregon. Right. In, in, in no the last problem. few years, Oregon has really struggled with Wazoo, even when Oregon was at their best. Let's see here. Uh, they are. They have beat Oregon three years in a row, uh, going back to 2015, which in 2015 that was kind of the start of the end of of the Oregon run. So we'll see. I mean, uh, they lose lose a couple of their running backs. They still have James Williams. Um, altogether, he had 877 all-purpose yards with four touchdowns as it can sneak out of the backfield. But if you're expecting Wazoo to, to become a prototypical offense, uh, you're tripping. Yeah, I mean, just look at look at the talent that, that they lost last year. Luke Falk, Tavares Martin, their best receiver maybe right. in the last 20 years. He transferred, right? Yeah, I believe so. They lost Jamal Morrow. They lost yeah. uh, Cody O'Connell. They yeah. lost Cole Madison. They lost a lot. They lost their kicker. Um, they, they lost a lot of pieces on offense. Um, right. And, and, and that and, offensive line is going to struggle without those two guys you mentioned, especially Coach O'Connell. Yeah. yeah. You've got to have to give it to Leach because he's always been able to have a high-scoring offense, regardless of who he has with him, um, dating back to Texas Tech. He had the number one quarterback yardage player ever um at right. Tech, 
as far as quarterbacks throwing up until a couple of years ago. But, uh, yeah. you know, he moves the ball and he scores points. But he can't stop you. They got probably one of the cooler receivers in the nation who's receiver slash punter. That's kind of a cool uh, whatever you want to call that. All their guys are around 500 yards of uh, – yeah, I don't know. But they lose Alex Grinch, and I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I do too. They also lose Hercules Mataafa, who had another year of eligibility, but decided to, to test the NFL. And uh, He wasn't drafted, but I'm pretty sure he was signed by somebody. Signed by the Patriots. Oh, he was? I believe so. Then he'll have a 10-year career and be fantastic. <laughs> he'll make the Hall of Fame. I was just having a conversation with a Cougar, my, my inspector is a Cougar fan, and uh, he's still bitter about Mata Afa not getting Pac-12 Player of the Year. He uh, had numbers. He had great numbers. Uh, yeah. You can't deny that. And he definitely made a case for himself being Pac-12 Player of the Year. Um, right. Where I think what hurt him, was the fact that he was the best player on a horrible defense. You know, and then you look at the best player on the best defensive team, and sometimes you have to look past numbers, and it's hard for people to look right. past numbers and just accept the fact that what Vita Vea did last year with the disruption that he causes in plays just from his physical force – Right, getting triple teamed. Yes, and taking yeah. players away, you know, take, taking offensive linemen away from our edge rushers. I get I get their point why they wanted him. Like you said, he had great numbers. You could have made a case for either. Right, and Wazoo's defense wasn't as bad as you traditionally think. Um, last year, they, they ended up giving up 20, about 26 points a game which is right around the same as two, uh, 2016, but that's still nine points more than what UW ended up giving up last year. It, it's, you know, when you talk to Coug fans that think that uh, they do have a legitimate case uh, based on numbers, and Chris Peterson would tell them stats are for losers, but I think that I think they made the right choice going with the best player on the best defense. It, it's always a safe bet. Right. Um, so any any MVP voting, anything. Best player, best team. Yeah, and that's usually how it ends up working. So um WSU does bring back Peyton Palour, who's kind of a tackle magnet. Um he's been pretty good for them. Uh got injured uh partway through the season was uh, and was granted another season. Um their leading tackler that's uh coming back is Jalen Thompson. Um, he was the strong safety, 73 tackles with four picks. Um, the big deal that they lost 17 total sacks between Mata Offa's 10 and a half and Frankie Louvu's six and a half. Um, my fourth grade math can get me to 17 by carrying the fives. Dropping the three? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, you, you just, I would expect probably a step back losing your defensive coordinator uh, your two guys that rush the pass are so well. Uh, it could spell trouble for WSU, kind of going back to that traditional uh, Mike Leach, not great defenses. 
Yeah, it is. It, yeah. Okay, so now we move on to Oregon. Oregon holds a little special place in my heart because I am married to a Duck fan. Sorry. Um, my entire family on my in-laws side are duck fans and they are awesome people and they've changed my mind on Oregon fans (laughs) so with that being said I love you guys Uh, I do have you guys finishing fourth Um, let's see here so they have be a little bit out of spite yeah possibly it's possible being a Husky fan it is hard to say that the Oregon Ducks are going to finish Better than Cal, uh, better than Stanford, and better than us. Right, your Husky fans never going to say that. Yeah, but I'm also I'm also looking at it. I look at the two quarterbacks. You're right that Justin Her- you you said in the past that Justin Herbert is really really good, and if he can stay on the field, they're going to not finish fourth. Um, yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I think he. I think he's a top ten quarterback in college football. Yeah, he'll 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 be going in the first round of the draft if he decides to take off after this year. Um, some of the reasons why I'm deciding to go with with Oregon four is um, the hire of Mario Cristobal. As a Husky fan, we know that sometimes hiring coordinators doesn't work. Uh, Oregon would also know that when they promoted Mark Helfrich. Uh, some of that I don't put on Mark Helfrich. I put on the sanctions that. Um, didn't seem like much at the time with Chip Kelly, but the way you get kids to come to Oregon is you get them on the campus, and they lost some of those crucial visits. Therefore, I think just saying that it was lazy recruiting that kind of made them go down the drain, uh, I, I don't think is necessarily correct. Especially when you go to Oregon and you actually get to see those facilities that they have, uh, just as a fan. Um, it's pretty special. Yeah, I mean, just as a fan going and seeing those facilities that they have just from the outside, it, it's spectacular to, to look at. Um, right. And if you can't go there, you don't appreciate it. So if you don't get to go and see it, and then you get to go to a Clemson, Alabama, UW, and look at the facilities that they have, there's no way that you're going to choose Oregon in, in Eugene. Basically uh, sight on yeah exactly you know you have no idea about eugene you have no idea about the culture you haven't seen their facilities how awesome they are you're not going to choose them so yeah those sanctions did hurt them and i think it will hurt them for a couple of years and especially now that they've they've gone through three coaches in three years there's no continuity there they're still bringing in recruits but i don't think it's the recruits that they necessarily want originally yeah and i guess we'll see i know that uh the oregon fan base was really really hurt by the firing of mark helfrich and then the cleaning house of the guys that have been there for 25 plus years yeah i you know even as a husky fan i thought that that was a pretty special thing that uh joey harrington mentioned that you know he he could go to current players and talk about the coaches that they both had um, anyhow, that's that's enough of kind of the culture of Oregon. Um, so Mario Cristobal is in his first year. Uh, Justin Herbert, 6'6", 238. 
super quarterback. He's real good. Um, he is good. He's a special talent. Uh, right. Sixty-four percent completion percentage, nineteen touchdowns against four pick. That's a that's a good player. I keep looking at one name, Royce Freeman. He is not on campus. He's gone. And yeah. I think that's going to hurt them this year. And just for the fact of Justin Herbert can't just turn around and hand one of the best college running backs the ball. Man, he uh, was good. Royce Freeman was very consistent. He was a workhorse. You could hand him the ball as many times as you wanted in a game, and he would take them and run with them. Uh, Justin Herbert doesn't have that luxury anymore, and now he has to go out there and win games. Yeah. Yeah, so now what they have left is uh, Tony Brooks James, who seems like he's been there for a long time, a uh, small, quick guy. What was interesting to me, and I just don't know enough uh, about – uh, the story of Todd Griffin, but I remember when Todd Griffin came in as a freshman, he was this super electric guy. Um, his freshman year, he had 732 all-purpose yards. His junior year, he had 163. Yeah. Uh, now I'm not sure if that's due to injury or or what, but even looking at the depth chart, they have him as the fourth option. CJ Veradell and Darian Felix um, are the two guys in between. Oregon has a tradition of running backs, but this is a new – it's a new era, and it's a new regime, so we'll see. Um, they got Dylan Mitchell, Johnny Johnson, and uh, Brennan Schooler um, all around six foot, six two. Dil- I, the, the, you know, Dylan Mitchell, I think, is probably their best option. In- I just was going to say the same thing. I think Dylan Mitchell will probably be who catches the most balls by probably almost double – the next player this year. I think he's going to catch a lot of balls this year for them. I I think he's got good speed. I think he's got good hands and he's been there and, and Herbert knows him. So he's right. going to Four, get the 42 receptions, 517 yards with four touchdowns. Yeah. Um, that's going to be your guy. Yeah. Offensive line. They lose Tyrell Crosby, but they return five contributors. Uh, they also nabbed the Juco uh, player. So they yeah. still should be pretty good. They're ranked ahead of Washington nationally. So still don't understand that. I guess we'll see. The defense. Uh, young, young, young. But Troy Die. Yeah, I hear you. That, that can play. Start. I mean, he came in and started making plays as a true freshman. Jelks. What's that? Jalen Jelks. Jalen Jelks. D lineman, he's good too. Uh huh. So Troy Dye had 107 tackles. Um, he also had four sacks and nine and a half tackles for loss. Um, I think the big difference is uh, Jim Levitt. Uh, Brady Hoke was run out of town pretty quick. Um, some say he didn't get a chance to get his uh, his guys in their correct positions, but it doesn't matter because uh, they went from 41 points a game against in 2016 to 29 last year. Uh, so there's, I would say there's probably optimism. Um, keeping Levitt was a big deal for them. You know, I go back and forth on whether they're going to be three or four in the league, and, and those are some of the reasons. Yeah, I just don't see enough consistency out of that defense. They have some players, but they're young. And I think they're going to be inconsistent. And especially with the first-year head coach, I think it's going to be hard to reel them in, that young, raw talent. 
to the point where they will consistently get teams off the field. I think they're going to get gashed quite a bit this year for long plays. You know, and their defense was so kind of hit and miss as the season, just looking over uh, their, their, their splits from last year. They, they held uh, Arizona to 28 points with Khalil Tate when Khalil Tate was lighting the world on fire. Yeah. They give up 38 to us, 35 to Nebraska. It just, I mean, is it inconsistency or, 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 or were they growing? Cause they did get, it looks like they, they got better as the season went along. So we'll see. I mean, if, if Oregon ends up being better than Cal, I think those are winnable games for both teams. Uh, I think that's going to kind of be a toss up game. Uh, I guess we'll see, but that leads think, us into. I, I think that, I think that game determines who finishes third and who finishes the fourth. Uh, so, yeah, I totally agree with you. So basically what we're saying is that Cal is going to win that game and finish third in this conference. Right. And one of the reasons I say that is Cal is coming off a bye and it's at home. Yeah. For Cal. So those are two things that have that Oregon has going against them. Could you ever call the the Oregon Washington game a trap game? It could be for Washington, uh, with Oregon coming off a bye and Washington having two uh that would be Washington's second away game in a row. Uh I don't think I can't ever see a, a scenario where Washington isn't up for the Oregon game. Uh, the game before that is UCLA. At UCLA, right? It's at UCLA. So that's if they're going to drop one of those, which I don't think they're going to drop either of them, uh, I think it will most likely be UCLA looking forward to that big rivalry game. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we've we've covered them enough. I'm, I'm ready to move on to California. And – with Cal, I am really excited to talk about Ross Bowers. From? Um, Bothell, man. My, man. my alma, alma mater. mater, huh? My alma mater. And, and I think a part of that is, of my excitement is because he's from Bothell. Um, dude can ball. I remember watching him in the state championship game. Uh, he jumped for the, for the end zone. Somebody hit him in the legs. He flipped and landed it in the end zone. Didn't fall, landed it, flexed on him, won the <laughs> state championship. Loved him. Uh, last year, starting for Cal, he went 272 of 461 for 3,000 yards. Now, yep. this is the kid that was never even offered to the UW being out of their backyard. Dude, dude can play. 18 touchdowns, 12 picks. I think he yep. is going to progress big time this year. So yeah, he was he was uh, just a shade under sixty percent completion percentage. He was he was really good in the games they won, and he was he had some clunkers. Uh, that Arizona game was one of the coolest games that I watched outside of the UW game. Him and him and Tate going back and forth was a yes. blast watching. Wasn't it a two failed two point conversion that ended up losing it for him? And yep. I think it was the other schooler brother ended up making a play on it and batting it down or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you root for him because he's from you uh, from from Washington, uh, kind of a overlooked guy. I totally agree with you. Um, they do have a transfer, uh, Brandon McElwain. 
who came from South Carolina to compete for that job. Um, personally, I'm rooting for Ross Bowers to win it. I think he will win it. And good season. Cal is in really good shape. They were also in it until the end of the Stanford game and ended up, they ended up losing by just three points. Um, I remember watching the game, just praying that Cal wins because that would have gotten Washington into the uh, Pac-12 championship. Yeah. Anyhow, they also have Patrick Laird. Uh, I believe he was like a walk-on. Yes. Yeah, uh, ended up blowing up last year. 3,123 yards, 24 touchdowns. Oh, nope, that's Bryce Love. Um, <laughs> 1,192 yards and nine touchdowns. Not as impressive, but still uh, a really good Pac-12 running back. Absolutely. Paired up with a, a good quarterback. And yeah. they bring back five out of their top, uh, five out of their six top pass catchers from last year. Yeah. Their offensive line returns, and Justin Wilcox is a defensive coordinator. He lost six guys, uh, but he's a defensive coach, uh, and I'm assuming that he's 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 really working with his new uh, defense uh, to to keep improving. They improved mightily from Sonny Dykes to. Justin Wilcox, 42 points against to 28 last year. Um, their middle linebacker, Jordan Kuznowski. Wow. <laughs> 73 tackles, middle linebacker, uh, 74 tackles, good player. Uh, their rush end is Alex Bunches, four sacks and six and a half tackles for loss. Um, I believe one of those was against UW. If they can become more consistent, they become a bowl team that's winning seven or eight games as opposed to the five and seven they did last year. I think if Wilcox comes in and lowers their points per game average on defense, uh, this team's offense could really carry them to some big wins this year. Yeah, and I have, you know, the at Arizona is, is a game I circled that I think it'll be really fun to watch, kind of the Khalil Tate. Uh, you know, kind of the rematch after that amazing game from last year. Um, they have UCLA, which I have as a win. Oregon State's a win. While at Washington State's a tough one, but I think it's a win. At SC is probably a loss. Colorado's a win. Um, Oregon, and then you know you circle the Oregon game. Yeah, and then I think the Oregon game is the biggest question mark of the year for them. I think when they got the schedule, I think they circled that game saying. This is a must-win game for us if we want to be where we want to be at the end of the year. Right. Yeah, and I think just looking there, I think they're they're going to at least get seven wins. Yeah. Um, that's not even counting the Oregon game. They're going to roll through. North Carolina was dreadful last year. It's at home. BYU was dreadful last year in Idaho State. Uh, you know, we know all about them. I think they have a really good chance. So I have them winning UCLA at Oregon State, at Washington State, and Colorado. Uh, that would give you seven wins. Yeah. So, it, I mean, maybe the Palouse gets loose and they have they have problems out there. <laughs> um, but uh, are we going to see the, what? the band on the field? Uh, let's hope not. <laughs> All right, now let's go to one of my least favorite teams, and that would be Stanford. I think, we, I think we all know why they're your least favorite teams. 
it, you know, keep keep your hands off of Foster Sorrell and we'd be okay, you know? Maybe. Dude, so one thing I, w- I did like is Softy was down at, at Media Day talking to uh, David Shaw, and David Shaw was uh, asked the question about Bryce Love. And after talking about Bryce for, for a little bit, he was like, you know who's really underrated? Miles Gaskin. I was like, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, he's only been the most consistent running back of the last three years. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Just we'll get to Miles. We're, we're not there yet. So <laughs> um, I already kind of tried to give Bryce Love stats to um, uh, to Patrick Laird. But Bryce Love, I, could, I, I can't believe this is amazing. How did this guy not win the Heisman? 3,000, over 3,000 yards. And 24 touchdowns. That's unbelievable. Oh, uh, gee, I don't know. How did McCaffrey not win the Heisman? Yeah, they played on the West Coast. Yeah, it hurts, man. I'm telling you, it, it hurts. Does. Yeah, you have to be Marcus yeah. Mariota or USC to do it, huh? Yeah, I guess. I think Oregon State has one too, don't they? Jim Plunkett? Yeah. Yeah. What? So, yeah. He's he is amazing, and and Washington held him in the first half. Uh, that second half, he he ran all over. It. He's he's really good, and apparently, from what David Shaw was saying, he wants to be like a doctor when he's done playing football. So he's also a genius. So I, I like Bryce Love. Well, go be a doctor now, then. <laughs> exactly. I, so uh, uh, I, I really... Costello, they finally decided to give Costello the starting job. Thank goodness. The guys Watching decided. Keller Crist and Ryan Burns out there was tough, tough, yeah. tough. Yeah, I, I think uh, KJ Costello is the real deal. I think he's got NFL talent arm. He's got NFL size. He's got a he's got a the the favorite to win the Heisman right behind him. A guy could carry them to possibly the number one seed in the Pac-12 North. Yeah, I mean that's that's the team you're afraid of. KJ Costello. I mean, watching the UW game last year, he just threw it wherever Miles Bryant was because he was matched up with JJ Arcega Whiteside, the six three receiver. That wasn't fair to watch. That hurt. Yeah, uh, but you know, last year Shaw took a long time. He he almost he had Chris play. I think the whole Oregon State game, and the only reason they won that is Ryan Nall fumbles. I mean, that was. I don't know. Was he he was waiting for uh, for Chris to lose the job, and I, I think losing to the worst team in the Pac-12 will do that. So I think it's Costello's job for the next two years: six, Absolutely. five, sixteen, fifty-nine percent, fourteen and four. I mean, he's a baller. Oh yeah, he's he's exactly what Stanford needs, and 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 especially behind a pre-forementioned Foster Sorrell um, from here. Um, Nate Herbig, um, they have big, physical, mean offensive linemen. They always and have. The thing is always Foster play. isn't even Foster Sorrell isn't even on the starting lineup right now. I know. He, he's he's five star. What was he like? The number two recruit in the nation. I, he has and to work his way into that starting lineup. He will, I, and from what from what Shaw was saying is he'll work a little bit at guard, but the. You know, eventually they they have their guys for four years yeah. and to five years, and eventually probably end up being the uh, either the left tackle or the right tackle, and then go have himself a great career in the NFL. So with a great education, 
Yeah, it, that offensive line is is pretty nasty, you know, but their defense isn't what Stanford used to be. I remember those I mean they they still last year they gave up 22 and uh, about 23 points a game, which is still really good, but I think it you, you don't have those big names that that they've had in the past. Their leading tackler coming back is uh inside linebacker Bobby Bobby O'Creeky O'Creek. I thought you were just going to say Boucher. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Foosball's the, foosball's the devil. <laughs> uh, 94 tackles, four sacks. Uh, they lost Justin Reed, whose brother was a 49er for a long time. He had five picks last year. The big deal that they're going to have to worry about is they lost four of their top six tacklers. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Washington, if they would have kept the ball on the ground, I think they end up winning that game. Yeah, that was a bummer. That, And I actually disagree with you. I think we were going to lose that game regardless. Because of the truck race? <laughs> I, I, it, it's the curse of the truck. Why would you show a truck race? Dude, you of all people should love that. I like racing. I don't like racing trucks. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I, yeah, I just, that's, that's bothered me from when it happened last year. Couldn't stand oh, it. it. It was an embarrassment. And from what it sounds like, it won't happen again. But they, they wanted, doesn't. they didn't want to switch to the game so we could all see the end of the truck race. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Everybody that tuned into that game was so thankful that we got to see the end of that truck race. Yeah. You know how many people turned the TV off after that truck race was over? Oh, Three. yeah. That's a national game that <laughs> nobody know? got to see. Yep. <laughs> so, but uh, Stanford is bringing back Curtis Williams, a linebacker. Um, he will bolster their defense a little bit. And they got another stud tight end in Caden Smith. Yeah. Not to be confused with Jaden Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Who had a better acting career? Caden will by the time he's done. <laughs> so let's move to our favorite team, uh, our number one team in our Pac-12 North preview, and that would be your Washington Huskies. Bow down. Yep. Fifth year for Coach Peterson. I remember looking at my friend Josh when when Sarkeesian left, being nervous about the names that were being being mentioned, and then hearing the name Chris Peterson. He, he just changed. He took this this program to a level that they haven't been at since you and I were, were really little. Um, and that's really cool. Um, he came in and changed the culture immediately. Yeah, I mean, it, the biggest, probably the biggest thing that he did in that first year was uh, give Marcus Peters the boot. Instant respect from players. I mean, yeah, that's he was that, Marcus Peters was really good. That was the first and, and is corner still back. really good. First round draft pick. First round draft pick. Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's he's been a Pro Bowler at least once, and he saw he's he's not a short sighted coach. He he sees the long term, and 
Um, you know, some people outside of the Husky community will make fun of uh, the OKG thing, but it's, it's real. And um, he's looking for really, really talented guys who fit the mold that, um, that he's looking for. You know what I love about him is the fact that he doesn't care about star ratings. If you, if you are the kind of person that's going to come in and work your tail off and show some progress and do what he wants you to do and do your job on the field, you're going to play for him because yeah. he, ha- he has a game plan in mind and he wants to go with that game plan. And if you can make that happen, you're his kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, and one of the, another thing that I really appreciate about him when he first got here is he showed a lot of grace to guys that, um, uh, that had been maligned or had made some really bad decisions and, and was able to um, keep them in the fold, at least for a while. I really liked Jadon Mickens. There was a lot of guys, a lot of people that I heard that weren't huge fans of him. He had a little bit of a drop problem, but I thought um, his senior year with, with Peterson, he became a, a leader. Um, Absolutely. Appreciated that about him. Siler Miles back after, you know, punching, punching a Seahawk fan, which, you know, wasn't his best move, but, you know, he was young. He wasn't a great quarterback, but I, I thought he did a really good job of, of dealing right off the bat. Quick, name my least favorite Husky quarterback of all time. Tyler Miles. There you go, bingo. I, I mean, I agree with you, but the way he handled him, I thought was was um, was admirable. Um, anyhow, let's get to let's get to uh, this group. Um, so obviously, we bring back Jake Browning. Contrary to what some people thought, we do love Jake Browning on this podcast. Um, Jake Browning's one of our favorite quarterbacks. He does so many things well. Um, he's even said that he tried to do too much last year, and I think that I think he's. I think he's being genuine and he's going to look, not just look for those home runs, but I think he's going to be even more productive than he was last year. It might not result in as many touchdowns just because of the backfield we have, um, but I think he's going to be special. You know what I love about Jake Browning? You don't have to worry about him punching a Seahawks fan in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, realistically, he's, He's in the classroom. He's studying tape. He's doing his job. He's always looking to be better. The kid is relentless in the classroom. He wants to learn. He reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning to where he always wants to know more. You watch him when they go score a touchdown. You watch him, and he's on that little laptop deal looking at film on the sidelines, go looking where he can get better. I love right. about him. And whenever his football career is done, I don't think he's going to open a bunch of Papa John's uh, chains. I think he's just going to jump right into coaching. Absolutely. I think that would be really smart of him to do that. Yeah. The running backs, uh, Miles Gaskin is one of the best, if not the best running back uh, UW has ever had. I think his middle name um, is consistency. Dude, and and uh, yards after tackle. Yeah. I mean, the guy never goes down. Ever. His center of gravity is unbelievable. The way he reads holes is elite. And he's fast. I mean, he's he, he can play. Um, and he catches the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. He's a well-rounded running back. 
Yep. Um, receivers, uh, I think it's going to be – we talked about this a little bit already, but I think it's going to be a lot of guys catching balls. Guys that we even forgot about, uh, somebody like a Quentin Pounds who can kind of take the top off the defense and make some pretty big, big plays. Yep. Uh, there's – the return of There's Chico. a lot of guys. Yeah, Chico, Andre Pacelli, Aaron Fuller. Those are all guys. And then a tight end that we kind of forgot about is David uh, Devin Culp. I wonder if he ended up seeing the field. He's a real athletic guy as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. What is the deal with Hunter Bryant? Oh yeah, he's 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 out. Is he, is he done for the season? Um, from what Chris Peterson said, he's leaving the door open. But he says it's – I think he called it a peculiar injury. So, I think at best you're going to see him in the second half. If I were a betting man, I'd say he probably – knee Medical surgeries list. and ACLs are, are – take a long time to heal. And Let me tell you. Yeah, you know more than I do about now, injury. Now, one player you forgot to mention. Ahmed. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yep, he's going to be – I mean, he's – the the offense is loaded and and that's why you know everybody is picking them to to be you know that fourth seed in the in the championship bracket i mean their offense is good i heard some things some people say that uh trey adams wasn't going to be able to go but apparently today he was taking uh first team reps so that's a super duper good thing i love uh, i mean if he's there you're just you are stacked up yeah, and you got McGarry on the other side. Yeah, so I, I, the offensive line's great. Quarterback is is one of the best in the nation. Running back is one of the best in the nation. Uh, and then you have athletes at receiver. I, I think that's what you're looking for. The defense um, got better last year. I mean, it's it's crazy. You you lose most of your secondary and you drop a point a game. Uh, 2016. They- 17.7 points a game last year they were 16.1 uh their lead ta- uh, their uh lead tackler was bbk uh with 84 tackles uh ryan bowman led the team in sacks with five and a half miles bryant led the team with eight pass breakups uh and my boy tevis bartlett with eight tackles for loss what is is crazy about this team is byron murphy led the team in picks last year with three, and he only played in six games. Yeah. The Utah game, he was rusty. Yes. Now, with BBK, he also did not start the year as the starting inside linebacker. He had to work his way into that. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up with over 100 tackles this year and just running all over everybody. If the defensive line is as good as it should be, he probably will. Yes. Another crazy stat that I'll throw out there is Jordan Miller uh, also had two picks and he missed six games as well. Yeah. Um, we are just bringing back ball players all over the place. And even listening back to our pod last, last week, we, we forgot about corners. There's so many good corners. Well, and it's just like I was saying, I can't remember who we were talking about, but uh, we have better cornerbacks we have better receivers at cornerback than we than than other teams do at wide receiver. Um, they are such good football players, skilled hand skills, 
feet skills, speed, finesse, tackling. They are all around good football players, and they are going to create havoc in the secondary all year long. As long as they can stay healthy, they're going to be dynamite. Oh, I agree. And Mario Bailey was even talking about how when he was at practice, he was he was going against the best corners in the league, and he got to games, and, and it was so much easier than when he was going up against his own teammates. And, and I think that you're going to see that. And, you know, it's funny. Everybody kind of over gets a little too crazy with, is there problems with the offense uh, in, in fall practice? You know, uh, offenses take longer to get into sync. Uh, and then put on top of that that they know the plays you're running, plus you're playing one of the best defenses in the nation. Um, <laughs> Every day. I think our offense <laughs> is going to benefit from that, and they have for the last few years. Absolutely. Um, keep Jake upright, and I think he's going to be really good. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, That's your hot take for the day. Keep the, the quarterback yeah. clean, and he'll yeah. be okay. Nobody had thought about that all year exactly. long. Exactly. Um the interior linemen, uh, I think, are what we need to really work on as a team. Um, losing Coleman Shelton, that hurts. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, what are they going to do to solidify that? Um, I have the absolute trust in Coach Pete that he will get that figured out before the Auburn game. Because remember, that is, I think, the toughest opening game that UW has ever had um for a while I think ever dude uh the Miami game that they played I think 2001 was their second game um I think that this might be the toughest opening game that we've ever had really truly and you need to be ready for week one unlike any time ever before Right. And, and I, you know, I can't, I can't comment on, I can't think of all the, I mean, looking at their last five years, I guess Boise state was their toughest before that. So, um, or Rutgers. Right. Um, but, um, it, from what I've heard, um, Matt James has really taken a hold of those, um, of those reps and is really, um, solidifying himself as one of the five best offensive linemen uh, in the program. So uh, that's, that's super duper uh, encouraging. Absolutely. Um, so that wraps up our PAC 12 North uh, to go over it. We have UW one Stanford two, uh, Cal three, Oregon four, Washington state five and the Beavs six. Thank you for listening next week. We will be diving into the PAC 12 South where I think there will be a lot more disagreements because it looks like it is wide open.